It's the next level. Hmm? Ah! Oh. You ever been to Jasper, Alabama? Why? Have you or haven't you? Yeah, I've been to Jasper. Don't tell me I'm your daddy. No. You killed my daddy. Look, I ran that con two dozen times. If your mother was one of the... Mary. Her name was Mary. Mary from Jasper, Alabama. Yeah, I remember her. She practically begged me to take her $38,000 and to rescue her from her sorry little life. You finished the letter. Look, I only took her money. It ain't my fault your dad overreacted. If he pulled the old murder-suicide, then I'm sure he's down here somewhere. Uh, maybe you could take this up with him? Finish it! Welcome once again to another episode of We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited, as we continue on our journey into the third season of the show. I am one of your hosts, Ben. And I am the other one of your hosts, Kristen. This week, we dive deeper into season three, this time with episode 19, The Brig. No pause this time. Nope, you knew what you were doing and you went right into it. And it, it probably didn't hurt that we've been talking for about an hour and a half before we even started recording this podcast. Oh my God. This is the longest we've ever gone In before this, we hit record. Yeah. Ordinarily we talk well, a good 20 minutes to a half hour before we, we start recording. This time it's been an hour and a half. We talked about everything from- <laughs> Got my kids involved. <laughs> politics. We brought your kids in and I showed them how to train your dragon pops and they showed me- um, Baby Yoda. A baby. The, I was thinking Star Wars, but I'm like, what, what was the pop he showed me? Yep. That was the, the baby Yoda. The um, 10 inch, 10 inch tall baby Yoda. It's giant. We tried to figure out Animal Crossing a little bit more. <clears throat> it's, it, yeah, it's been an interesting, but you know, you have the day off. I have most of the day off. So we figured yep. why the hell not? Happy, happy Juneteenth to you all. This is coming at you. Uh, we're, we're recording on June 19th, Juneteenth, which for those of you who don't know, it is the day, uh, June 19th, 1865, when Texas, the very last state ever uh, abolished slavery. And ironically, they are the first state to recognize Juneteenth. And more states have uh, recently adapted it. I know I'm in Pennsylvania and... Uh, Pennsylvania has just recently declared it a holiday as well, which is rightfully so should be. Yep. I got the day off of work. Yep. Um, so uh, I think that this is a great, this is a great, um, bonus independence day, right? This is the day that all of America was free and, and we could all say that, you know, everybody was finally free. Fourth of July 
we became a free nation. We signed the, it was the day that the Declaration of Independence was signed and ratified. And now, <clears throat> excuse me, I have a grumbling in my voice. And now we have June 19th, 1865, which is Independence Day for all. Yes. So, uh, so yeah, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. Uh, apologies for not putting out an episode last week. I unfortunately had internet problems, so I was not able to, uh, to get online to record the podcast. Uh, not to mention the fact that there's been continuous rumblings of, you know, protests and things like that going on that have kind of made it in, in interesting time to be alive, but we're, um, we've been, we've been having torrential rain here. Like lights flickering, internet going in and out for like the past couple of weeks. It, I mean, shower type of rain. She, like, I let my dogs out because we just kick them out when it's raining. We're like, just pee and come right back in. <laughs> and Herschel, who looks like a ferret when he's wet, um, he was completely drenched within seconds. Mm-hmm. It was That's crazy. All it That's all it takes with rain like that. Um, you know, and on top of everything going on in, in the world right now and in the country, um, it, it seems that there are recent reports that have been revealed lately that uh, we might also possibly not be alone in this galaxy, which is uh, even more interesting. Uh, even you know though what? with everything going on in the world right now, why would they want to come anywhere close to our planet? So You I'm know what? Worried. I got it. It's 2020. Just. Let's let's just have it all. You know what? It's tell I'm, me who shot JFK. Let let's just throw that into twenty twenty. Oh, I'm, I'm telling you right now, September is when Godzilla wakes up. So like we're <laughs> it's uh tw- September is when Godzilla wakes up by December by like end of November. Um, Jurassic's gonna come out. Jurassic Park reopens. It's yeah. it, it's gonna be <laughs> it's it's gonna be crazy. And you know we're Thanos uh, will be here by Christmas. But did you hear about that though? That they they said that there's possibly like upwards to like thirty three planets that show promising promises of intelligent life within the Milky Way alone. Great. Um. Yeah. Bring them on. Just I don't care at this point. Like, I, I, you know, it, it's if you can take me with you, take me with you. I'm fine with it. I will. I volunteer as tribute. I volunteer <laughs> as tribute before the actual Hunger Games starts in yes. this country. Let's GTFO. If you have the technology <laughs> to get to our planet, you probably also have the technology so that I can Zoom call from yours. So I'm more than happy. <laughs> That'll be a fun little background Zoom. <laughs> that's you won't in, even, yeah, you that's won't even inter- need. That's an interesting virtual background you have there, Ben. Oh, it's not virtual. It's not virtual. It's very real. <laughs> yep, it's, it's incredibly real. Uh, the other bit of news too, I, and I have to say, you know, we had MC Gain. I told you this before we started recording, but... Um, you know, I live in close vicinity to Philadelphia where I record from uh, to the point where, you know, the rioting and such was uh, in my area. And MC Ganey, who we had on the podcast a couple of weeks back, was is such an incredibly nice guy that a couple days ago I actually got a text message from him uh, because he knew where I lived. He knew where I was from. And we, I, we hadn't spoken to him in a couple of weeks since we did that interview. And I got a mess. I got a text message from him asking me if I was safe and I was okay because he knew I was from Philly. He saw the rioting going on here and he, he thought of me and just wanted to make sure I was okay. That like, that's class. That's awesome. He's such a good man. So, and I, it just makes me even more proud of the fact that we had him on this podcast. 
because that's incredibly generous and thoughtful of anybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, The only other thing I have to say before we start going into everything is uh, Manifest Season 3. It's official. The show has officially been renewed. So I still need to finish the season. You do. I got a message from somebody, um, and I apologize for not mentioning him by name, but he reached out to me personally on IM uh, on Facebook, asking me if we're well, messaging me to let me know that Manifest got renewed, which I had already seen, uh, and if asking us if we were ever going to finish talking about season two. <laughs> Okay, I'll finish. How about this? I'll finish uh, the season uh, this week, and then we can talk about it next week. I will be ready to talk about it next week. Okay, that sounds like a plan. I'm probably going to have to go back and rewatch it because I've forgotten a little bit. I actually have to go back and listen to some of our podcasts to figure out where we left off. Yeah, um, I got as far as... um, Maybe an episode or two after the fire. Okay, the fire in the club. All right. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm maybe two episodes past the fire in the club. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, so, to any listeners who are curious if we're going to finish Manifest, uh, hey, the fact that you're asking for it, okay. We'll, uh, we'll, um, we'll, we'll jump back into it. I don't know if we have to do everything in one episode. Maybe we'll break it up over, like, the next couple episodes of uh doing it or i mean since we're so close to the end of season three we'll just do a one-off we just do a one-off episode in between seasons three and four so that gives us a couple (laughs) weeks to get reacclimated and caught up so i mean because we have let's see this is episode 19 um yeah we have three episodes left of season three so we'll um we'll wrap up season three recaps and then we'll we'll jump into a one-off of, uh, of Manifest Season 2. Okay, sounds good. I'm excited. Let's jump into this episode of, uh, of Lost, uh, Season 3, Episode 19, The Brig. This is a, um, a John Locke flashback episode, but at the same time, I mentioned this last episode, this is a huge episode for Sawyer at the same time. Yeah, I would probably say that this is equally Sawyer as it is a John Locke episode. Um, you know, when, when Sawyer's main reason for being in Australia in the first place is being confronted in this episode, it's a major, it's a major, um, what is that arc for Sawyer that's about to come to a close. Yeah. I mean, and that's not to say it's a, it's an arc that it, it basically, it, it wraps up one story of, um, of Sawyer's, but at the same time, we are far from done with this character, which is great because he's no. But we're a big about to get yeah, we're about to get a new Sawyer, yeah, a Sawyer that has that has uh, fought his demons. Well, so to speak, it, you're right. Like this, this whole thing has been weighing on him his entire life. I mean, for for the most part. So for him to finally close this door, it's almost while it is a a huge burden of having to deal with killing a man, it's a huge weight lifted off his shoulders at the same time. But that was that was what he wanted to do in the first place. That's why he went to Australia. He was going to go kill Anthony Cooper. <clears throat> Well, who he didn't know was Anthony Cooper. Right, right, right. But he was, yeah, right, exactly. Um, What's interesting to me, and while you were talking about this, I I actually just thought about this. So we're just going to jump right in if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, go for it. 
Um, what's interesting to me is that Ben put um, Locke's father ahead of him for Locke to um, fight his own demons and to close out his um, his unrestfulness and and what in the unresolved the here we go the unresolved anger that he had towards his father and Locke instead of choosing to confront that head on he delegated that out to Sawyer and Sawyer was able to resolve his past and move forward after this episode while Locke continued to be haunted by his by his demons and never quite dealt with that unresolved anger moving forward. Mm-hmm. So the the task that was for Locke ended up going to Sawyer because Locke as strong as he is, he is still a very weak-minded man. I agree with that. He's very emotional. And I I think it's why Ben knew that he can manipulate him and he could kind of get him to do his bidding and and mm-hmm. Ben would always have power over Locke. Um especially in regards to Jacob, because he was so easy to manipulate. You know, you get that manipulation of John Locke all over again, you know, that Ben did last season with Locke by getting him out of the hatch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have it happening all over again this time, you know, by saying, well, we can't take you with us until you do this. Because he was like, you're never going to do this. I don't know. No, I, I agree with you. And it's it's kind of a weird situation. It's it's a double-edged sword situation when you think of it. Because mm-hmm. one way or another, one of these two men, whether it be John Locke or Sawyer, was never gonna fulfill their destiny. They were never going to get re- they were never gonna get resolution out of this. Because if Ben put Anthony Cooper in front of Locke for Locke to kill, then Sawyer remains unresolved forever. Mm-hmm. Because he will never get the opportunity to kill the man who led to his father's death and or his mother's death and his father's suicide. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, now that Sawyer was the one that killed Anthony, John Locke is the one that never gets that resolution. Um, But I feel like... But do you think that, and and I'm sorry to to interrupt you, do you feel like John Locke needed that resolution? No, and that's what I was actually just getting ready to get into, is I kind of feel like he didn't need the resolution of having to do it himself. I, he just wanted his father to be gone. Just to know that his father was no longer in the picture, he could no longer haunt him, was enough for John. So I think they, while it's a double-edged sword, I think at the same time, John still in a way got the resolution and the closure he was looking for. It's why after James kills Anthony, he said, he looks at him and he says, thank you. Because that was the resolution he needed. He just needed to know that his father could no longer haunt him. The minute, the minute he found, realized who he was talking to, you saw something change in Sawyer. Like a, a switch flipped. Josh Holloway is brilliant in this episode because he starts off the episode and he's just very relaxed and he's, he's really settled into the island well at this point, I think. Jack being gone and him having the room to just kind of find out what his place really was um, within the community, I think settled him a little bit. And having this like 
kind of weird booty call relationship with with Kate is also making it easy for him, right? And then he goes on some weird quest with with Locke without his shoes, which I thought was hilarious when he <laughs> stepped into the into the river and uh-huh. he was just like, oh. that moment of relief <laughs> on his face. And it, it's only then that you realize, oh, he's been shoeless this whole time because he was just going to go pee real well, fast. Th- yeah, but I think like even when John finds him, like I. it's either I can't remember how it happened but it's either John asks him do you want to get shoes or Sawyer asks John do you mind if I get my shoes because there is a moment when you realize like oh yeah he did leave without his shoes yeah well so but so it's like it's just kind of like Sawyer's just like I don't know what I'm doing I don't know what's going on but whatever you know it's Locke and he's crazy and and we're just going to deal with this and then he realizes the moment he realizes why he's there and who he's there for and what is really happening. Sawyer goes like, I don't know, into, into James, I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. Like he just completely changes. And, um, and I love it that Anthony Cooper never really fully believed that he was alive. He never really fully believed that what was happening was happening until it was too late. It was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. That whole scene was was just beautifully done. I I wanna I wanna kind of jump on top of that and, and please take, do and take I'm talking an, way too much. No, you're really you're really not. And I wanna take it another step further when you said like how masterfully, you know, Josh Holloway acted out this episode. Because you're right. I mean, up until this point, and it's it's tough to remember because again, it's a spoilerful podcast. We we talk about things we already know because we've already seen the series. And but it, it's tough to remember whether or not up until this point, as a new viewer, we made the connection that Anthony Cooper was Tom Sawyer. I think there were hints there, but I think as a first time viewer, this is the first time we realize, oh shit, this is the guy that Sawyer's been looking for. I don't remember if there's if we've made that connection yet or not. Um or this oh, is that. Oh no, moment. yeah, I don't know. It's it bright. could be. I, yeah. I think it is. I think because there's that moment because I think the writers meant for us as an audience to make that realization the same time Sawyer did. To get the biggest impact out of it, I think that's the way it was formed. Yeah, you know what? I think that I think you're right. I it's so sad that I can't remember. Oh, I guess it's just like because once it's a part of the canon, it's just a part of it. Exactly. But I mean, when you look at that moment, even like, even though we knew it was coming, like we knew in this episode Sawyer was going to kill Anthony because Anthony is, in fact, Tom Sawyer, the man that he took his name from for the reason that he took his name Huck from. Finn was taken. Yeah. It's, it's one, it like, even in that moment when he says, I've gone by many names, and he goes through the names and he says Tom Sawyer, and you see Sawyer's face, even knowing that you knew it already, you can, it's such a powerful moment in acting from Josh Holloway that when you see like his face changes in an instant and you see that moment, you're like, Oh shit. Like, Oh yeah, that's right. This is how it affects him. It's almost like, it's almost like a switch flips in Sawyer. And at this point, it's a, it's a purely emotionally driven moment. There's yeah. there's no reasoning at this point. It's yeah. purely anger that is driving Sawyer at this point. 
And you're right. Josh well, and is Anthony, amazing in the season, in this yeah, episode. And, and Anthony Cooper really digs in when he finds, he's like, you didn't name yourself after me just to get revenge. Or, like he starts goading him. Well, it's victim shaming. Right. He but blames it's like, it on his father and his mother. But what's funny is that all everything that we know about Sawyer, we know don't poke the bear. Right. We're like, oh, Anthony Cooper, you're making it worse for yourself. You're making it worse for yourself. Like he, he his whole mission in life is to kill you. No matter mm. what you say, you're just going to make it worse for yourself. Yeah. But at the same time, like it, while we say that, you know, yes, John can be easily manipulated, manipulative or manipulated. That's not to say that John is still not a brilliant person. Because you look at the moment when like yeah. he he cons Sawyer into going to the Black Rock to meet Anthony. Cons the con man. He cons the con man. Again, this is not the first time Sawyer's been conned on this island. <laughs> um, you know, so he cons the con man into going to the Black Rock by making him believe that it's Ben and that he's taking him there to kill Ben. Um, you know, and then we get that moment where he locks them in, he locks him in the brig with Anthony. And John is not stupid. Like, he's not going anywhere. He's sitting inside that room because John knows full well that, one, not only is Anthony going to reveal who he is against his better judgment because Anthony doesn't know his connection to Sawyer. Right. John knows that Anthony will reveal himself to Sawyer, but he also knows how Sawyer will react. Right. He knows how this situation is going to play out before it even plays out. Because he read the file. I. Tell me, is this the first time that we hear Locke call Sawyer James? Again, I don't know. I, I that that was one of my questions. Well, on my on my notes. <laughs> well, but uh, no, I don't think so. Because I, the file that Richard gave, the file that Richard gave to Locke, said I I just read it in the analysis. It said in French, uh, Ford comma James parentheses, a.k.a. Sawyer. I, I don't know. I want to say no to this one because I think other people have been calling him James already at this point. Just Kate. And Kate found out when they were on the other island. So, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, that's a good question then, too. I don't, I don't know. For some reason, I want to say no to this one, but I could be completely wrong. Yeah. If anybody knows, can you just... Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, like taking it, you know, you, you said the, the masterful acting of Josh Holloway in this. Um, I want to, I also want to mention that there's, I don't know what it is. There's, I don't know if it was the director of the episode or if it was like the, the DP of the episode. There is something about this episode that I think this episode is beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. There are so many great camera angles. There are so many great shots from over people's shoulders to positioning of people's faces during conversations. I, I don't know what it is about this episode, but I like I was rewatching when I was watching this episode. I was halfway through this episode when I started like I literally was legit like happy in the way the episode looked. The episode just looked beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it is. Um and there's also another big getting away from the whole John Locke and Sawyer moments for a while or for a minute. There's also something new that we've never seen before. 
in my opinion. This is the first time other than if any moment actually when we see John with the others in that open field. This is the first time I think we're seeing anything happen at night that is not covered by trees. Any other time we see, and or like that is not, or like not indoors. Like anytime we see the camp at night, they're in a tent or they're under the tree line or they're under a canopy. This is the first time we're seeing anything at night out in the open. I don't know if there's mm-hmm. any importance to that, but I think like this is the, I think that clicked with me a little bit. If Are you, you sure? If you can think of anything else, then please tell me. Well, well how did Live Together Die Alone happen? Mm, weren't they still like on the beach? Okay, so, so ex- excluding anything that happens on the beach. Okay. This is the first time we're in the jungle and we're not witnessing something at night covered in trees. Okay. Again, I'm, I'm, it, there's no importance to it at all. Mm-hmm. Don't read <laughs> into it. It's just something that I happen to notice. And it was, it came with that whole realization of how beautifully shot this episode. Yeah, it was a, it, I, I agree that it was a really well done episode. There was there, you know, there, aside from Locke and Sawyer's um, little bit, aside from Locke's little bit, you know, I really loved kind of the, the rumor mill. Can you keep a secret going on in the B plot? Um, you know, with what was it? Hurley comes up to Saeed says, dude, can you keep a secret? And then I forget who told Kate, but said, you need to keep a secret. And then Kate, and then Kate goes directly to Jack. I don't know why they thought that Jack, that Kate would keep anything from Jack, but I love the way that she said it to him when she said, um, you know, he's like, why don't I know about this? And she's like, nobody trusts you. Like he just doesn't, it's like, it's not computing in his head that he came back and people people don't consider him this, you know, hero like figure that I think he just kind of has taken for granted. Mm -hmm. And I, I I don't know if, if maybe that's the thing. And then Juliet's like, we should tell her. And he's like, no. And she's like, no, we should tell her. No, no. When I say it's the right time, like he's still trying to maintain this control that he thinks that he has, but I, I don't think that he's come to terms with the fact that he has lost control, quote yeah. unquote, of of his leadership status, of kind of the inner circle goings on of of the losties. You know, they had to figure out a way to move on without him, and they did very seamlessly, I might add. Um and I don't think that that's sitting well with Jack. Well, I mean, so as far as Kate goes, Kate, they didn't want to tell Kate. She kind of stumbled on Saeed with the, with the phone. Well, so Kate's really, just as untrustworthy as Jack oh, is. Absolutely. And what cracks me up about that entire scene with Kate and Jack, because you're right. It's, it's great how Kate addresses that with Jack. Like, I guess it, you know, nobody wanted to tell you that they came back with this woman who parachuted onto the island because nobody trusts you. Like she yeah. ends that whole bit with because nobody trusts you. And Jack's immediate response is, well, how come nobody told me? 
She just like, told you. She's like, are you not listening to me at all? Like she, yeah. like she's looking at him like, oh my gosh, he's not, he doesn't even hear the words that are coming out and, of my and mouth. I think that's really what it is. I think he's not even paying attention to what she is saying because I think the moment, like the moment. He doesn't have he, a lot of respect for Kate though. He hasn't. No. The, and I mean, they, it's, it's the moment that she says woman on, they found a woman on the island nothing he hears nothing else past that point because again she says like nobody told you because nobody trusts you his immediate response is well how come nobody told me well she just told you why nobody told you she just told you nobody trusts you but he didn't hear that the only thing that makes jack better to me right now is the fact that he's hanging with juliet and juliet at this point for a first time watcher is still a traitor but I just love her so much that I'm just like, well, at least Juliet's with him. So, well, that's you know, the, and we she'll know do it, the right thing. And we know <laughs> at this point that she's like, cause again, like last episode, we got the, the tape recorder in the locker, yeah. which made us believe like, okay, she's a traitor. And then she says immediately I afterwards, you. I hate you, which kind of, okay, w- maybe she's not a traitor. This week we get, Ben listening to the recording and you go back again like oh yeah that's right Juliet did that she's a traitor and then this week we get Juliet telling Jack we should tell her again playing with Juliet again like what what does she need okay Jack apparently knows something but and and Juliet wants to tell Kate maybe she's not a traitor they're playing the Juliet flip-flop so well at this point and making you wonder so much where her loyalties lie. Yeah, it, no, I totally agree. It, but I think that this episode actually puts Juliet in the positive column even more. Agreed. You know, because she's that short uh, cryptic conversation in just that little amount of time says, okay, whatever's going on, Jack knows about it. It's not going to be a betrayal. And no matter how you feel about Jack at one time or another, he's not going to betray these people. Um, no, he would. Again, he would like, never, ever, ever betray these people. He's mm-hmm. a dick. Okay, he's a dick with a with a weird sense of of hero worship or a god complex, and that comes from being a you know a spinal surgeon. Hero complex, but, right? Yeah. But he's not going to be. He's it's it's a fundamental part of him. He's not going to betray these people. So if if even even when I feel really yucky about Jack. And he says, I trust this person. I'm vouching for this person. I'm like, okay, well, I can respect that because I mm. do respect him as a character. I just, I just think he's an asshole. <laughs> no, I mean, and I agree. Like, you're right. Like, Juliet does come out in the, in the better light with this, in this situation because there obviously is a secret between Jack and Juliet. And between the two of them, Juliet's the one that wants to reveal it. And Jack's the one that won't. And we um, pretty much know what it's going to be. Oh, yeah. I mean, as, as viewers, we already know what that situation is. No, but e- even as a first-time viewer, I think that you would know the direction in which this is going. That she's playing double agent. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very interesting, complex situation with Juliet at this point, but it's, it's one of the most intriguing ones that's going on, uh, you know, as a first-time viewer of the series. Mm-hmm. So, and... I don't think it's next episode. I think it's the following. We finally find out what it is between them. Um, 
because next episode, the man behind the curtain is a Ben flashback. And I think it's the first Ben flashback that we get in the series. <laughs> bug eye. Oh, bug eye. Oh, bug eye. Um, so this episode is kind of cool because all the flashbacks are on the island. Mm-hmm. I think only so, the second time this that's happened. Mm-hmm. I think the first time that happened was with uh, the with tailies. Well, no, we got it with Claire as well. Oh, okay. So this um, is the third time. The then. third time, yeah. Okay. Okay. Because we got Which it. With, fine. We got it with Claire with the whole Ethan uh, situation with uh, them having her in the hatch. So yes. Uh, so this is the third time this has happened. Yeah. Which you know, I mean, at the end of season three, it's crazy that it's only happened three times. Yeah. And actually, I think next week is the same situation because it's a Ben flashback and Ben has been on the island pretty much most of his entire life. He was born on the island. Was he? We've had this discussion. I, for some reason, I thought he was born off the island but brought onto the island. I can't remember. Okay, well, we'll find out next week. We'll find out next week, but I'm pretty sure he was born on the island. You're probably right. You're probably right. I just, for some reason, I, maybe I, he it, wasn't. Maybe his I got dad. Guessing. Maybe Roger Workman, <laughs> <laughs> who we will see next episode. He does return next episode. Oh, Roger Workman. <laughs> Roger Workman. It's Workman. <laughs> Going back to it's one of what my. Is- it's, it's one of the best jokes in the whole series. And it's just, it, I love it. It's like uh, with Andy Dwyer and his, it, it, I Googled your symptoms and you have uh, oh network connectivity issues. Do you know completely off topic? That was a completely improvised line. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I did. The writers were pissed at him because uh-huh. he said it was the funniest thing that happened in the entire series <laughs> and they didn't think of it. And they didn't write it. <laughs> yep. And it just it just goes to show you like the the brilliance of Chris Pratt. No, but what I'm saying is it's like little jokes like that, little asides like that are often like the greatest parts of anything, and that's one of them. Like New Girl is really fa- is really good at that. Uh, if if you go back and you watch episode after episode after episode um, over and over again, you see that there are so you can't let your guard down at all with that show because there's jokes just everywhere all the time. And a lot of it is them just messing around with each other and it got caught on camera, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Anybody that's seen new girl probably understands what I'm saying. Well, well let's, let's talk a little bit about like Hurley and, and Charlie from this episode. Cause there's, a, thank there's, you for bringing me back to lost. <laughs> yeah. There's, <laughs> there's a particular moment in this episode that made me laugh. And it's in the very beginning of the episode when Jack comes out of the tent and he sees Hurley and Charlie just kind of like standing around talking. And yeah. obviously you know what they're talking about. They're talking about right. Naomi and who they can talk about. And like, Jack's like, you know, like what's up fellas. And they're like, nothing like you can completely look at them and know they're up to no good right right but just watching them kind of react was just i thought what was was their excuse what was their excuse of what they were doing oh man i can't remember it was it was so it was such a dumb thing that they said that they were doing too oh oh well i can't remember but you know i mean for hurley not to trust somebody that really says how far that person has fallen because hurley loves everybody and yeah. he didn't want to tell Jack and he was adamant about it. No, we're not telling Jack. Screw that. You know, yeah. I, um, in that situation too, you know, we talked about how 
you know, they found Saeed at, to, to come and talk to, uh, to come and talk to Naomi at about the, you know, the phone and things like, and, and such. There's a particular moment with, with Desmond that I really loved in that moment when they brought Saeed in. And it's the moment that you realize Desmond knows how untrusting Saeed is, but by bringing Saeed, he's so confident that what Naomi is saying is true. He's willing to bring Saeed in. Because Saeed is doing his thing when he comes in. He's questioning Naomi. And Naomi has an answer for everything. Because Naomi's telling the truth. She's not lying. And there's those little moments every time Desmond would turn to look at Saeed. And he'd have that little smirk on his face. Because his, mo- his inner monologue is basically saying to Saeed silently, I told you. Like, and I love that about that. Scene. Like Desmond's like, I'm not letting you in this tent unless I know that this is for real because you scare me. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that he's willing to let Saeed in, he fully believes Naomi. He fully trusts Naomi, even though it's very easy for him to be blinded by the fact that he, just the, the, the mention of Penny's name weakens him. Well, I think that he also is partially blinded. I think, I think, in fact, it's not that Desmond was confident in her. It's that he needed to be confident in her. And Saeed was going to get the truth no matter what. And, it, and Saeed has an objective opinion. So he's walking in with, um, you know, what is the truth? Where Desmond's walking in saying, where's Penny? And those are two totally different um, goals. So do you think the smirks, the, the smiles that he was leading to Saeed were more, were, were less, I told you I was right, or more, I'm glad you're proving she was right? Yeah, I think it's okay. more that. Because Saeed, Saeed is somebody who, he doesn't care if, he, if she has a picture of your girlfriend. She doesn't yeah. care if you're emotionally attached to this person. He only cares on whether or not you're telling the truth. And he is the best person to find out what the truth is because he he can sniff out a lie like a bloodhound can sniff out a bomb or a rabbit whatever Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know i get get the reference that you're getting at yeah but yeah so i mean you know there's the moment where saeed like says and i suppose you're going to tell me there's no way that you can contact this freighter you came from and she immediately pulls out the phone not Mm -hmm. only pulls out the phone but gives him the phone yeah that's you know, because with the next scene we see Saeed, he's sitting on the beach, trying like with Hurley toying on how to get this phone to work. And that's how Kate gets involved. Yes. Because she heard the the sound. Yeah. Well, like, Where'd yeah. you get that? Yep. What is that? Where did you get it? We found it in the luggage. All right. Nice try, Hurley. We knew nobody was going to believe that. We don't I even love that. Hurley. I love Hurley. It's <laughs> like, I found it in the luggage. Yeah. Like, I was know. digging a poop hole and I found it. <laughs> but it was also very interesting to note and I don't think it goes anywhere. I don't think it's worth reading into, but it's very interesting to note that Saeed even says, this is much more advanced than anything I've ever seen when it comes to that phone. Like Saeed is well aware of technology and even how to fix it. But for him to say something is so far advanced that he's never seen it before, like it's, it's obviously it doesn't come from the future. It's modern day technology, but it's technology that comes from people with money. Yeah. And and that's Well, and that's what and that and that's a big that's a nod to Penny saying to Desmond, I think that with the right amount of money you can 
do anything or you can find anyone or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's further proof that it could be from the Widmore family money. Yeah. It's, you know, it's so crazy too when you, when you just think of the ties to everything and how everything, there's so many more strings to weave through everybody before we even get to the end of the series. But even as far as we've come so far, looking at the strings that are weaved, like if you were to take like a detective board with like the thumbtacks and wrapping the string and weaving it, it's already so complex, mm-hmm. you know, with with Penny being Whitmore's daughter, Whitmore being responsible for the plane being found, like Whitmore having a baby with, uh, yeah, Whitmore. Yeah. Um, her name is escaping me. Eloise with Eloise. Eloise that, talking. That child being on the same freighter that Penny sends to the like. It's so complex at this point, and and then you start weaving in all the survivors into it. You know how Charles Whitmore is connected to, to Mr. Pake. Pake is the father of son, son who's married to J- like it's so it's so complex. But I it's awesome. Love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. Um, um let's switch over real quick because we haven't really talked about this and I kind of want to unpack it a little bit, and that is Locke being in the old place. Okay. Um you know, we kind of get a little bit more of Richard in this mm-hmm. in this episode, which Captain I love. Eyeliner. Oh gosh, I love Richard so much. Richard Alper is just one of those characters that you never get to learn a lot about, but whenever he shows up, you know that something good or cool or whatever is going to happen. Like he's going to do something, right? Well, he's I, like this magical being. Well, I mean, yeah, actually, almost. Exactly. He is a magical being. I mean, he never ages. He he never ages. There is something to Richard that is so mysterious. And I, I don't Richard. think you ever find out about no, what it is. And isn't that great that they just leave that just to be unexplained? Well, if you ask some people, that's not so great because they want I answers know. to every question. And you were never going to get qu- that with this show. That's not a question I needed answered. No, you know what I mean? Me neither. That was never a question that I needed answered because I just thought that there was just something very cool about Richard popping up in the right in the right times, the right moments. You know, he gave Locke that file. Mm-hmm. Right? And he's like, I, you know, I'm gonna give this to you because I think that you're special. A lot of us think that you're special. Ben can't handle that, you know, and he wanted to embarrass you, and that's what this was, and blah, blah, blah. Um, so that was really cool. You know, and, and we see, <clears throat> excuse me, and we see a lot of of that with Richard. Um, and he kind of pushes the progress forward when it needs to be, right? He's usually in the background or whatever, but if he sees that something needs to be pushed forward, like Juliet, Juliet had to be pushed into going to the island. Richard pops up and manages to, you know, sweeten the deal a little bit. Locke needed to kill Anthony Cooper. Richard shows up and tells him how he can accomplish that, right? So that's really that's really interesting to me. Um, but with Ben, Ben humiliating John the way that he did and Ben trying to push him to kill Anthony Cooper, I actually wrote down that it was a lot like Emperor Palpatine with, with Anakin or Emperor Pal- Palpatine with um, Darth Vader trying to get him to kill Luke. Mm-hmm. 
and like really succumb to the dark side. I felt <laughs> like that was like kind of what um, what Ben and Locke were kind of playing out in this like deserted island. Well, I mean, <laughs> scenario. It's, it's it's interesting that you know John needed a push to do what needed to be done. Richard knew he needed a push. Ben knew he needed a push. They both went about giving him that push, but they both did it in co- two completely different ways. Mm-hmm. Ben went the route of humiliation, hoping like it would humiliate him enough that he would actually get the job done. Like he would mm-hmm. finally break and do it because that's what Ben likes to do. He likes to break people. Um, even if it's just mentally or emotionally, he likes to break people so that they do what he, what he wants. Right. Richard, on the other hand, is a helping hand. You know, he kind of realized John wasn't going to be able to do what Ben wanted him to do. So he gave him an alternative route Mm -hmm. by giving him that file, knowing, okay, there's somebody else that will do the job for you. And he'll do it happily. Yes. And it won't weigh on him. You know, it, it begs the question though, because there's so much mystery to Richard Alpert, you know, who he is, where he's from, how long he's even been alive. Because again, we're going to see him in later seasons looking the same age hundreds of years ago. Um, is there almost a, a force? Does, does Richard almost have a foreseeing sight? Like that he could see where this all is leading so he's going to help it guide along the way with the least amount of resistance. I don't know. I mean, that's a really good question because he he tells John that he believes himself to be special, but if he really did have the foresight that you're talking about, he wouldn't put his energy into Locke, knowing if if he knew that what Locke was going to eventually become, he'd put his energy into Hurley. Well, not necessarily. I mean, if you think about it from the Avengers Endgame perspective, you know, the same way that Doctor Strange felt like there was one scenario that it, that needed to play out and that involved everybody, half, that it involved Thanos snapping the glove, that necessary evil needed to, needed to happen for the good to play out, for the okay, good side to win. that's fair. Maybe that's what Richard knew. Sorry for anybody that hasn't seen, seen these. Sorry. It's been... It's been like a year. It's, yeah, it's been over a year. You're, sorry, we're out of spoiler territory. But maybe that's the same way. Maybe Richard knew that John needed to turn that, take that turn for the dark in order for Hurley to step up and be the person that he is. Maybe it was the only way Hurley was go- it was going to lead to Hurley. Yeah. Was that maybe. John, Richard knew that John needed to take these steps to become who he was going to become. And actually, in essence, thinking about it, spoilers again, it's not even John. John right. never lives up to the potential because John is removed from the scenario completely. Well, because I think that the strength in John's moral code did not connect with the strength of his mental fortitude. Okay. I, he no, was I, mentally I, very weak. His yes. moral code was strong. What he has overcome was strong. He was a very strong candidate. Which, However, when you talk about how mentally weak John was, there is a particular moment in that scene with Ben, with Ben humiliating him, that you know full well Ben knows how mentally weak John is. Yeah. Because he uses a line of John's against him. 
Don't tell me what I can't do. Don't tell me what I can't do. Yep. That is a signature John line. And for Ben to use it, he knew. Of course he knew. Yeah. That was an attack on John, on John's mental stability. It's just, it's a real shame because you know, it, it, it's, it's that classic scenario of you see the potential in people, but they never believe it themselves. And when they don't believe in their own potential for success or for greatness, that's where people often fall. That's why people have so much regret at the end of their lives is because they don't, they don't utilize the potential that they know that they have, but they're never strong enough to really grab it. You know, and that that's such a that's such a character flaw of just the human of the human condition. And it's nice that it's subtly layered into this show through John Locke. Mm-hmm. No, I I agree with that completely. It's just it's it's such an interesting. It, it's it's and we talk about dynamics between characters, and this is one of the biggest ones. I mean, you know, I mentioned a couple episodes ago that this is when we really start to see the ties between John and Ben really state really start to take effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does. It's you talk about the arc that these two characters go through, even before John is removed from the situation and John is replaced. The arc that these two characters go through is just beginning, and it's. It's it's fun to go back and rewatch how complicated that arc is mm-hmm. because we're seeing a moment right now where it's it's led by humiliation where Ben is the more powerful of the two characters but that dynamic is going to change and it's going to change relatively soon because Ben's going to start losing power yeah. and and it's going to be interesting to watch John see his moments to take over and he takes them, which, again, is fun. It's fun to watch. There's a lot of good stuff coming up, for sure. And it's, I, I, like, I, I know from talking to people who watched the show and people who, like, that I know personally who watched the show and people online who watched the show, a lot of people started to lose interest in, this, in the series through season four and into season five. And... I just don't like looking ahead in my mind about everything that's coming. I don't get it. Like it's, it's some of the most dynamic storytelling this series gets is right now is season three into season four. Yeah. You know, but you know what? That's why you and I started this podcast in all honesty is because we have a love for the show that a lot of people let die out at the end when they were watching it. And, um, you know, when I watched it the first time, I I was also very disappointed. And then when I was, I want to say when I was pregnant with my daughter, nope, when I was pregnant with my son, I binged it like hard because I was on a uh, bed rest and um and I binged the whole thing in like a week. It was mm. it was insane. <laughs> um, but seeing it in that kind of intensity allowed me to really see that. The show made sense. The show's ending made sense. It's okay to have unanswered questions because the story was beautiful. Um, so I, I really gained a respect for Lost in, in that um, in that period of time when I when I binged it the way that I did. Um, 
So I hope that maybe through this podcast that there are people that maybe are starting to feel a little bit differently about the show. And if they're not, that's okay too, because we all have our likes and our dislikes. But I do have a real fondness and love for this show, Um, I think as has been evidenced so far in our analysis. I agree. And, and, and I also agree with the whole, you know, binge watching versus weekly watching. I think, you know, the show itself, I think, gains a little bit more cohesiveness when it's binged over watched mm-hmm. weekly. Mm-hmm. That, that's, again, kind of goes against us because we talk about it episodically, you know, weekly. But, you know. But we don't take, but there's not like big summer breaks. No, not well. <laughs> we did take one, but that was that was my fault. That wasn't anybody else's fault. Global um, pandemic. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, you're right. So, um, it, you know, it's it, cohesiveness definitely is affected when you watch. I, I'll put it to you this way: your first watch, it, watching it weekly with month long breaks in between certain chunks. It, the show loses some of its cohesiveness. But when you rewatch the series and it's in a binge format where you're watching multiple episodes back and back, you're, you're, you're watching it as one continuous story. You learn to appreciate the story that they're telling a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we're coming from. I mean, that's why we're doing these breakdowns every week because, you know, watching it episodically week to week, you don't have the breakdowns behind it. You're, you're taking this information in for the first time we can do this episodically now because we have binged it. So we can see the cohesiveness that the story tells. And we've, even you and I have learned just in doing this, and we're only in season three, there are moments that you and I have grown to appreciate more that we didn't before this rewatch. And we've rewatched this episode a number, we've rewatched this series a number of times before we even decided to podcast on it. Mm -hmm. So doing these breakdowns, even you and I have learned to learn to find greater appreciations not just in storytelling aspects and moments but characters um, <laughs> or or we're rewatching it with uh, a different lens on jack shepherd you know whatever we've all got we've all got our things and John- still stranger in a strange land is still the worst episode of television in God, the world it's so bad it's that episode is so bad um but, you know, like in, in re-watching this series and, and doing these analysis every week, I've had so much of a greater appreciation for James Sawyer, um, or James Ford, rather, Sawyer. Um, you know, my, my tolerance and appreciation, and I'm using both of those words appropriately, for Jack, like my, it, it's a wave. Like it's it a wa- is. It, it literally is a wave pattern. Yeah. There are times where he's on a high and then there are times he's on a very much low. Yeah. Um, Sawyer has been pretty much with, with the exception of a couple slight dips here and there has been constantly on the rise. I love him. Um, you know, and I know like we've had people say like, we tend to play favorites on characters, but like, these are just observations that we make in rewatching this series. It's tough. Yeah. And also, no, I do play favorites with characters. Let's (laughs) look. It's fine. We all have favorites. Everybody says, who's your favorite character for whatever you watch. We were, we were talking to my kids earlier before we started recording Lord of the Rings about Lord of the Rings. And Ben's first question to my son was, who's your favorite character? Yep. To which Adam replied, Legolas, which made me very happy. (laughs) 
Yeah. Because he is one of mine as well. And then and then he got mad at me when I said I had a different favorite character because he couldn't imagine any other character being but a favorite. But I guessed yours. I well, psh, you'd be hard pressed not to guess it if you know <laughs> if you know who I am yep. <laughs> as a person. I was like Samwise Gimji. You're like, yep. Gamji. Gamji, exactly. sorry. Potatoes. <laughs> what, what this needs is nice taters. <laughs> taters? What's taters, precious? Potatoes, fry them, boil them, put them in a stew. Mash <laughs> them, boil them, stick them in a stew. If you're going to correct me, I'm going to correct you. That's okay. Oh, you write that. <laughs> oh, I did. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Eat your heart out, Tolkien. Oh, wait, he wasn't a poet. Never mind. It doesn't matter. Oh, um, if you created your own language, you're also, you're just in your own, in your own league. You're in your own league. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, I've pretty much covered everything I had for this episode. I think we Me hit, too. Yeah. This was this pretty is a much good all episode. the points. Um, yep. And I have to say too, um, I, I really enjoyed this discussion because I went into it with absolutely no notes other than what was in my head to talk about. And mm-hmm. it really... We kind of flowed with this entire breakup. Yeah, I thought that it was really good. I had a good discussion. We uh, we didn't have to stop at any point and say like, okay, where do you want to go from here? We we covered everything we needed to cover and without a break, which was nice. I'm really excited to close out season three. I I love the end of this, and I know that it's hard, but once I'm, it's over, it'll be over, and then we can move on. I mean, I'm I'm excited, but at the same time, yeah, I'm. I'm sadly anxious um, because of something that happens in, at the end of the season. That well, we really, all know what happens. Not Pen- the not Penny's boat moment is just it's, it's brutal. It's one of the most heart wrenching, heartbreaking moments of the series, with the exception of maybe Jin and Sun. Nope um, that one that one's it. <laughs> nope just just you mentioning that put a lump in my throat right? so yeah chin and son chin and son takes the cake <laughs> yep well and i think what also again we're getting ahead of ourselves too is what what kind of maybe enhances th- that feeling that we get with Jin and son is just moments before we lose another character was it juliet no we lose saeed oh Saeed's sacrifice is what leads to the death of Jin and Son. Oh, yeah. So, I mean... Oh, I blocked that out of my memory. Right? Blocked it out. <laughs> I blocked it out. Oh. Yeah. I think that's what makes that moment even harder is that Saeed sacrifices himself and it still leads to the death of Jin and Son. There, there are some rough episodes ahead. There's some yeah. rough seas ahead, so I to mean, speak. We got a ways to go before we get yeah, to that yeah, moment. Yeah. But Considering yeah, that, we've been doing this for two years and we're at the end of season end three. Of season three. <laughs> um, but not, yeah, not Penny's boat is a, I, I think in legitimately, God, it's so weird to think about too, that up until this point as a first time viewer, there have only been two moments by the end of season three, there have only been two moments that have gotten me choked up or legit made me cry. And they're both Charlie moments. The first time was when we thought Charlie died from Ethan hanging him. Because you're led to believe that he was dead. Because, you know, Jack and, and Kate trying to, like, tell him, like, no, he's gone. And Jack not giving up is what brings Charlie back. So I legit got choked up at that point because I had already grown to love Charlie. 
and then this time it's for good and charlie is charlie is gone by the end of season three which oh god i don't want to talk about it even though we already have (laughs) so you're muted I didn't know that. I'm sorry. I was like, I saw you get ready to talk, but I didn't hear a word you were saying. I said, okay, <laughs> should we, do we have feedback? We do. We do have okay. feedback. Um, by the way, I'm not editing that out of the podcast. Cool. People, people are cool. going to know you were accidentally muted. Kristen's, people are going to know Kristen's a dumbass on the computer. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, it's weird. I think Zoom does it by itself sometimes. Because it's happened to other people I've been on calls with where they get muted and they had no idea they were even muted. So it's, it's possible weird. I touched something. It's weird. But uh, no, we do have uh, some feedback to talk about and uh, two voicemails. Uh, but before we get into that, we want to let you know, we want to encourage you guys to leave us feedback, whether it's to answer a question that we asked on the podcast. Let us know what you thought about the upcoming episodes and uh, or just let us know about anything you want to talk about. Um, look, we're in the middle. We're still... States are reopening. We're still in the middle of a pandemic, but if you're home and you need someone to talk to, um, we may not be there live, but feel free to send us a voicemail and just talk to us. And, you know, we will answer in any way that we can. And then we'll Uh, laugh at you. We will not laugh at them. Well, if we do, it would be in a genuine, friendly way. We're laughing with, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but there are multiple ways that you can leave us feedback first we are on facebook at facebook.com slash lost revisited we are on twitter at lost revisited pod lost revisit pod and we are on instagram at lost revisited pod Uh, i have the hiccups i'm sorry it's it's all right uh see richard alpert muted your zoom because he knew you had the hiccups (laughs) <laughs> he, he has that foresight he's got the foresight <laughs> uh you can email us at lost revisited pod at gmail.com and if you'd like to leave us a message you can record it yourself and send it to our email address yes uh so yeah as we mentioned we have two voicemails of feedback that we're going to play so uh one comes from our friend steve brown so we are going to play that um as soon as i make sure that you can hear it uh on, on <laughs> But in my end, because I had to uh, make sure I was sharing things. Uh, but uh, let's play that voicemail from my buddy Steve Brown. Hey, Ben and Christian, this is Steve. Uh, this is for the Brig. Uh, another another episode where a character says the title of the episode in in the episode. Uh, John says. Uh, he's in the brig uh, in the ship so uh i love <laughs> i love just that quick uh and i i laughed at it it wasn't really funny but i laughed that little that quick little scene with rousseau where she's just coming to the to the ship to get some dynamite and 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 Locke is is like uh yeah it's it's right over there it, but careful it's unstable and she just picks up the crate and, and walks out you know um just a quick little reminder that russo is on the island and now she has a box of dynamite okay um but uh, uh this was such a good episode for josh holloway i mean it's it's playing angry like that and not looking absurd is uh I think anyway is is pretty difficult. So I I think it was really really great that we got to see not just the anger but the anguish on his face as he realized 
who uh, who uh, Sawyer, who the man was, and and all that. So kind of uh, very interesting. And uh, he chokes him with the with the chain, and then John is carrying the the body there at the end. And uh, I think you're right, Ben, that from that line between Juliet and Jack, where she says we should tell them. And Jack says no. I think he's either known all along that she's kind of playing double agent, uh, or at least he's found out fairly recently, or she's let him know for fairly recently. Um, and uh, it is interesting. Again, we're kind of seeing what you've talked about, Ben, that Hurley is kind of running uh, the the camp because they put Naomi in his tent, and uh, then. You know, he goes and tells Saeed and tells Saeed to keep it secret. But what's what does Saeed do as soon as Kate sees the satellite phone? Instead of trying to to lie or make up a story, he uh, just tells her everything, and she goes right to Jack. So this love square between Jack, <laughs> Juliet, uh, Kate, and Sawyer is uh, is going to become interesting. Okay, uh, talk to you later. Thanks, Steve. Um, yeah, I, I completely forgot about that uh, Danielle don't give no fuck moment. Um, <laughs> I love so. that. Yeah. <laughs> she just walked in and walked out. I think she said, what, like five words? Yep. I'm here for dynamite. And they just, like the fact that like she doesn't question what is happening. She just comes in there with the intention of getting dynamite. And, and you're right, Steve. Like the moment that you, I didn't even think about that you now realize that not only is Danielle still on the island, but now she has a box of dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> like, what does that mean for the oh. future of what's going to happen? The best part was just how unbothered Locke was by it. He's like, it's over there. It's yep. unstable. <laughs> it's so great. I love it. <clears throat> uh, but that leads us to our buddy Dez's voicemail. So let us play that now. Okay, guys, here we go. I'm going to try to be really quick. Uh, this is about the episode The Brig, or as I like to call it, Chapter 7 of Why I Can't Stand John Locke. Uh, first of all, Ben manipulates John into a situation where he needs to kill his father. But John can't do it because John's John and it, he talks a big game. So when he realizes he can't do it, he takes Richard Albert's advice and pulls Sawyer in because Saul's, Sawyer's a murderer. Yeah, Sawyer's a bad guy, and he can do his dirty work for him. So he gets Sawyer, tells him he's going to kill Ben. Sawyer even says, I'm not going to kill him, but he'll go with him anyway. And then he asks John, why don't you just do it? And he says, well, I'm not a murderer. Uh Maybe I'm wrong, but in a day or two, isn't John going to murder some woman that he's never even met? Does he? Okay, I'm done with John. He's the worst. You'll never prove it otherwise to me. (laughs) Off topic anyway, does it seem to anyone else that Cindy and the kids have really acclimated well to living with the others? She just seemed very, very happy, and the kids seem fine, as if nothing's going on. No plane crash, no kidnapping, not living out in the woods. They're good. Um, one other thing, kind of talking about the woods and stuff, the jungle, isn't it weird that people who are living in tents on the beach go camping 
I mean, I know it was a ruse. They weren't really camping, but they told Jack they were camping, and he seemed okay with it because sometimes uh, Jack can be a little obtuse. Or maybe they he did know they were full of shit and, you know, was just kind of like waiting for them to tell him what was really going on. Oh, and also with the Cub Scouts and Jack, they don't trust him. Apparently, he doesn't trust them. What the hell? I mean, just talk to each other. He could keep Naomi alive for them a little bit more, maybe. They don't know if they, he needs a doctor, she needs a doctor or not. I think most of those guys should probably still seem trustworthy to Jack. Well, maybe not Charlie. He's done some things, but he's recovered from those. And maybe Kate wasn't really asking Juliet any questions, but Juliet did the, do that thing where she stares at people for a long, long time again. But she even tells Jack, you know, we should tell her. We should tell her. Let's tell her. And Jack kind of blows that off. But hell, if Juliet really thought they should tell her, she probably would tell her anyway, just like Kate told Jack when they told her not to tell him. And the last thing, yes, Sawyer got treated really dirty in this episode, but he really needs to start checking on his intel because, unless I'm wrong, didn't he go to Australia because someone else told him that that was Sawyer there? So he was lied to about Sawyer then, killed the wrong guy, and now he's told, hey, it's Ben, and I want you to kill him, and then it turns out to be the real Sawyer, which he ends up killing. So, which is what he wants to do, but takes it so bad that he's out in the jungle throwing up. Maybe he's not such a bad guy after all. And my phone's glitching, and that's why I keep pausing. <laughs> okay, I'm done ranting. I'm going to let you guys go. Stay safe. Bye. Yeah, um, thanks, Des, um, for, for the voicemail. Um, you're right. Like He does... For for being a good con man, Sawyer's been conned a lot. He's been conned on his own quite a bit. Um, but I think that's kind of what led John to use Sawyer to do this, was the fact that he, uh, he knew that he was duped into doing it last time. So this time, he was going to lead him down the right path, even if it's by the wrong means. You know, making him think it's Ben, but knowing full well this is going to be revealed to be the man he's been looking for all along. Right. Well, I mean, if he had told him who he really had, I think that that. that I don't think Sawyer he would have believed. Yeah. He no, believed he he wouldn't have gone with them. Yeah. So yeah, I I understand. Um, and can we talk about the Cindy and the kids thing? I almost brought it up in our discussion. Um. Here's my here's my thought process on that. And I've mentioned this before in the past and and I I think this further proves or not proves but kind of goes into what I've said. And that's that not all of the others are bad people. Um I think there's a group of them that do bad things to further that group. I think there are many people in that group that don't realize the bad things that Ben and some of the others do. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. They think they're just living in a commune on this island. Um, it, it doesn't answer the question, why would Cindy be perfectly happy with the fact that she was kidnapped? 
by these. Well, people. she's also just like, we're really excited that you're here, and you know, we're all waiting for you. And it's like, how are you this sucked into the Kool Aid of this place in this amount of time? Well, it's funny that you say Kool Aid because it's almost cultish. And that absolutely could that could possibly be it that she was just led to believe that what they're doing is for a good cause yeah and that's why she's perfectly happy being acclimated into that group so uh but thank you both for uh for that feedback and again we encourage anybody to leave us feedback when whenever you would like to uh with that being said let's throw out a couple recommendations if we have any for this week and then we can get ready to wrap things up. Uh, I don't know if you have anything you'd like to uh, to share with with the people this week. No, I I mean everything is like super boring over here. I am really addicted to Animal Crossing right now. <laughs> That's why we were talking about it before we even yeah, started. Yeah, like super addicted to that. I just started playing it last week, and it's awesome. And um. I am reading a couple of books. I am, we just jumped back into Justified, which I was telling Ben earlier that MC Ganey pops up in that. I was really excited about that. Um, and we just finished The Good Place. My husband had never seen it and it was my second time so through. So good. Such a good show. It, you know what? That is one of the few shows that ends very well. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So. But yeah, oh, and I picked I picked back up with the 100, which um, has been really good. That's a show I never started that I might have to one day. It's junk food television. Yeah. I love it. I love junk food television. Oh, and I'm on, I'm on the last season of Golden Girls right now. Oh, God. <laughs> that show, you know, it's so, that show is still funny. That show is still absolutely funny. It's a scream. Although I'm going to just say this, and I will fight anybody that that believes this to be otherwise. Blanche Devereaux is one of the worst characters in the world. She is absolutely heinous. And still to this day, like any... Now, I haven't seen an episode in quite some time, but I've laughed every time I've watched one. Um, Sophia is... The best. The best. She the is the best. absolute greatest person on that series. Like her insults, even her own daughter, are just God. They're so damn funny. And I love her dynamic with B. Arthur, uh, with Dorothy, is just phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. It makes the show. Without yeah. Sophia and Dorothy, there is no Golden Girls. There's a part of me that almost wants to rewatch a couple episodes of that now. You Just should. I'm thinking about it because it's so, that show is still funny to this day. Dave always likes to say, Oh, is this another very special episode of Golden Girls? <laughs> because, like, every few episodes, they tackle something that's like really serious. Yeah. <laughs> in, in the best 80s way that could, that it could happen. I, um, I have been, uh, I jumped back into a replay of The Last of Us. Uh, because the sequel released today, actually, the day we're recording, it actually came out today. Um, the reviews I have read on the game say that it is possibly, from a game perspective, probably one of the greatest games made in like a decade. However, uh, I have those same reviews have all said that in the times that we are in right now, with racism being rampant, violence happening on the streets and everything, the game is even crueler and darker than the first one. 
And for that reason, if anybody suffers from depression or anxiety, it may be very difficult to play. Well, um, we pre-ordered it, so we're going to get it. I'm, I'm replaying the first one now. I'm only about halfway through it. I just, it's so funny. I've been playing it for a number of hours thinking I was close to the end. And then I looked online to see like the chapter list and realized I'm not even halfway through this game yet. I'm like, God. So Dave plays it and I watch it because I'm terrible at that game. My skill level is Animal Crossing and that's about (laughs) it. I suck at video games, but I like the story. So Dave plays it and I watch him play it. And it's a weird, I know it's weird for people maybe, but I, I want to watch the story. I like the story. I like Game, games have become so advanced lately that you literally could just watch them. I, watch. I could watch them being played as well. Spider Man's another, another game like that. I adore playing that game, but that game is so good story wise. I could yeah. sit and watch it. Well, Dave handed me the controllers once during last of us when he had to pee and I died within 30 seconds <laughs> and there was nobody in the room. There was nobody in the room. He had already killed the zombies. How did you do that then? Because there was another one that like <laughs> wandered in at that moment. Like he hadn't even left the room. He stood up, gave me the controller. He's walking out of the room. And I said, ah, ah, ah. And then he goes, what? I go, I died. He goes, how the <laughs> f- did that happen? <laughs> he was just like, he goes, you have skill. That's all I have to say. That takes, that takes talent. I, so, so I don't, I don't play the games, but I like to watch them. <laughs> I um, I'm going to purchase the second one. Um, I might hold off on playing it for a little bit. Yeah, you should. Just because of uh, again everything that's been going on, I'm I'm probably going to hold off a little bit on playing. Smart. I I definitely want to, and I will. Smart. Uh, but I got some other games I'm going to get to before I get to Last of Us. Too. Animal Crossing. I still already play Animal Crossing. <clears throat> um, as, far, as far as television goes, I am looking forward to, I actually just got sent a screener copy of uh, Steve Carell's new movie called Irresistible um, with him and Rose Byrne and uh, some other people. Uh, the movie doesn't, re- doesn't uh, come out for about two weeks, uh, but they sent me a screener copy of it to review and the trailer makes the movie look pretty good. So I'm looking forward oh, to watching that sometime over like the next day or two and uh, figuring out and writing a review and figuring out how I'm, I'm going to publish it. So uh, I might do a video blog of that, but um, yeah, that's all I got. I've been, I'm going to watch, uh, I'm going to watch 13th today too. I I've just been, that's on my list. Um, I I've been watching a lot of game shows, like it's game show season on television right now. I've been watching, Celebrity Family Feud, uh, Who Wants to Be a Million, um, The Celebrity Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, Match Game, Press Your Luck. Um, and these are all the new versions of these shows. Um, the new Ryan Reynolds game show, Don't, that's hosted by Adam Scott. Um, that's pretty fun. I love fun. him. That, that show is pretty fun. I love Adam um, Scott so and, much. Even though Ryan Reynolds produces it, he does voiceover for the show too. Like he'll, he'll pop in every once in a while with some voiceover stuff. And it's so funny. There's a joke that happened on the first episode of Don't that I knew by listening to it, it was a joke. But so many people ran with it as truth that I corrected so many people online 
Because at one point, because ABC is a Disney that's is a company that's owned by Disney, right? At one point, you know how when you watch a show, they do those little graphics at the bottom that show yeah. like an upcoming episode. There's at one point during Don't the the baby dinosaur from the television show Dinosaurs popped up, not and the it, mama. Yeah, and it said at the bottom coming soon to Disney Plus. So, but Ryan Reynolds' voiceover at the bottom was like somebody had mentioned a dinosaur on the show, so they brought that up. That popped up, and it said, "Oh, by the way, coming soon to Disney Plus, dinosaurs." Because why not? <laughs> like it was totally a joke, and so many news outlets ran with it as real. Like, and everybody was like posted, like getting excited, like dinosaurs is coming to coming to Disney Plus, and I had to post back. I'm like, first off, it was a joke. Like, look at the source. It was Ryan Reynolds. It was totally a joke. Disney has not confirmed this at all. Second off. Have you watched that show? I watched it as a kid and loved it. I tried rewatching it about two years ago. It does not hold up one bit. The show is not funny as an adult. You know what also does, doesn't hold up is Elf. I haven't tried watching Elf. I did. It was painful. Because I loved that so that kid that show so much as a kid. I don't want to rewatch it because don't. I'm afraid it won't hold up. Keep it in your memory. Yep. That's what I'm doing. I ruined it. Yeah. And that's how Dinosaurs was. I tried rewatching it. I watched one and a half episodes and I'm like, nope, this show is not funny. It's not what I remember it being. So (laughs) be happy it's not coming to Disney Plus because it's a horrible show. (laughs) Horrible show. Uh, Next episode, episode 20, the, the, uh, the penultimate to the penultimate episode the man behind the curtain the uh the ben linus flashback Mm. which uh should be very interesting we'll get to answer the question that we both asked earlier is was he was was he born born on on the the island island. um i love it that we could totally look this up and we've decided we're just gonna debate it yeah we're just gonna wait until we watch the episode (laughs) and and pick up on it because as ryan reynolds would say why not Because why not? Because why not? In a world full of all the answers, why not wait on a few things? (laughs) Uh, But any final notes from you before we get going? Nope. All right. Um, Cool. So then with that being said, thank you as always for listening and following along with us. Be sure to leave us feedback if you want to on anything that you want to talk about uh, pertaining to the episodes or not. Um... In the words of Ellen DeGeneres, please be kind to one another. That's all we can really ask with everything going on in the world right now. Um, But with that being said, we will see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Bye-bye. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back!